0: good morning WGO today podcast and an interesting uh, weekend the kids uh, hatched a plan Friday evening with an old friend of mine old co-worker of mine from uh, my Vermont years and uh, we were corresponding we've corresponded several times via Facebook Normally it's something I've posted, Um, often it's an economic or political topic, doesn't have to be, but it has been. And um, anyway, he had responded to something, we were talking, and he had mentioned that he was at a place uh, in Pennsylvania where he stargazes, or does astronomy. And I, I, th- I think I caught a glimmer of, oh, maybe me and the ki- kids and I'll do that, but I didn't, I didn't think much of it till later Friday evening, around well, ten o'clock, and I thought, you know, this might be a good idea, so. um Yeah, I made sure it was okay with him if we crashed his party, and uh, we set the uh, let the kids know, and they were super excited about going camping. So we dipped our toe in the pond. I'm not one to set up camping and go camping all week. And like I said, I'm a little soft. You know, I like my showers. I like to sleep good. I didn't didn't sleep very well. I don't know, well, call me a wuss. There's some some truth to it, I suppose. Uh, on some levels, other levels, I'm a tough motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, showed some teeth there. Bart bared some teeth. Anyway. I went, yeah, so we packed the kids up, packed the tent up, way too much, way too many blankets and stuff. We're amateur campers, and we head on down to Pennsylvania. And uh, we timed it so that we're not just sitting out there baking in the heat all day because, you know, with the twins, you know, a little goes a long way with these guys sometimes. And I end up inheriting all the whining and carrying on and all that. So, uh, got down there like 7.30, 8 o'clock, set up a tent. Uh, the kids were wild, the twins in particular, were wanting to have dessert, so they wanted to eat pieces of candy and kind of go nuts for a little while. And I let them do their thing. And then um, they eventually settled down, put a little movie on in the tent, and they settled down. And they went, and the twins were, were sleeping. And then it was Jacob and I and Manny. And, uh, (laughs) Manny, who'd been doing this for a while, started to explain some things to me. And it was immediately evident to me that he he had had possessed far more than a casual love of astronomy. He he knew his stuff. And he oriented me immediately to the right things. He gave me the, the North Star tour. Like, he showed me how to find the North Star and in its relation to the Big Dipper, and how the. He, he, we, we left it as NCC, uh, North Star Counterclockwise Rotation, so we could understand the rotation of the Earth around the North Star, or with the North Star as a reference point. That blew me away. That was in the first five, ten minutes of discussion. It went on and on and on from there. Uh, within you know within a half hour, we were looking at Jupiter and Saturn, and he had binoculars and a telescope and a camera, a digital, digital camera. And, you know, I was a little ashamed of myself because I had really, I guess, well, I had never, ever paid attention to it that well. It certainly didn't know it. And as the night went on, you know, the moon, the Earth rotated the moon out of the picture, the moon. And he shared an expression that astronomers hate the moon because the moon washes so much stuff out. It creates too much light. And then we looked over at a town that was about 15, 20 miles away. Very small town, but it was enough to create some light pollution so you could see that haze going on. With all the light being reflected and stuff and as the night went on looking at galaxies attempting to look at a second galaxy we looked at andromeda and the triangulum i believe what's the name of the other one m33 if i got it right that one was tougher to see it was being described as a puff of smoke Ah, uh, my mind kept thinking i saw it but then it didn't and then it did that you know, was a little trickier And, you know, as the night went on, I you know, I, I uh, didn't know that astronomers go into, into these stargazing events with the full intention of staying up all night. So, you know, I had not paced myself. I had not eaten properly. We were kind of rushing. Not rushing, but, you know, we were in motion and... Thinking we would eat, I knew we needed to eat dinner because he had told me no campfires. So I knew we needed to eat dinner before we settled down camping. But that, you know, I assumed we'd find something, and you know, we'd find McDonald's, and that didn't set well with me for the night. So, long story short, there's there's some things I need to tweak in terms of being able to pace myself a little better for the night. Now, now knowing how long of a night that is. I completely disbanded, you know, just threw out the window this whole idea that I need to be in bed by a certain time or, or blank, 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 blank. No, no, no. When you're doing astronomy, and it is an important thing to reflect on, and I'll get to that in a minute. That's my point of bringing this story up today. That, all that goes out the window. Your schedule, your routine, your human bullshit. And now you're on a different clock, and to see the good stuff, and to see it, it's an entirety, and to really understand the rotation and your insignificance in the universe, you got to kind of do the long piece. You sign yourself up to four four thirty, because as I got tired and faded, three thirty ish. I was definitely done, tired, you know, feeling like shit a little bit because again, mostly because of dinner, my stomach was kind of bothering me a little bit, and uh, and I was trying to drink from a fire hose of information about something I didn't know from from a master of it, and not just somebody who was into the astronomy, but somebody who was it dawned on me like I don't know the first hour into this is this, I'm, this is he's a philosopher. And holy shit, you know, I, I had never explored, I always knew he was different and felt cal- at calm and at ease when I worked with him years ago. Always liked him. But I didn't really explore that side of him. Because we're so busy, was well, so aggressively busy making money and trying to be quote unquote successful financially and materialistically. And here we are. He started in 03 there, I started in 04. So, you know, 15 years ago, we worked together. And 15 years later, I'm, you know, I I still very much pursue and care about the things I cared about then. But, you know, with the kids and looking at things differently, I'm becoming more aware of the insignificance of a lot of the things I worried about over the years. And that you, know, you, you can't lose sight of the science of the perspective of the insignificance of the everything we do as humans now you mentioned made a comment of you know the the pyramids, which were once the pinnacle of power and order and and Control in their day, it kind of was the center of a, of a, you know, a height of civilization in a certain region at one point, are just out in the middle of the, of the desert now, eroding, you know, grains of sand at a time in the wind. And, you know, he was, as again with the philosopher hat on, and and out stargazing in the middle of the night, that, how even the most ambitious or most power hungry or the most effort of humans in the end just becomes this dissolving thing that's being eaten up eaten by back by nature and the wind and the universe and you know eventually becomes nothing and i think that's really really interesting and, and something to not lose sight of with all of the other activities. And I do feel like I live in a world that I can't completely decouple from the economics. even if you wanted to you can't you, da- you can't really. It's, we're just as a species not set up for that right now. you know I even looked last night I was just curious my son kept saying we were down in this town of Pennsylvania. Dad, yeah, Well, we could live down here. And when we were down there, that was the last thing in my mind. I was like, no, no, no. Because I'm looking in terms of opportunity, shopping. You know, I feel depressed a little bit when I'm too much off, too disconnected from the conveniences of modern life. You know, around here, like a Wegmans, for example. Well, there's no Wegmans there in that area. But last night, you know, as I was thinking more, I was like, oh, well, you know what? I wonder if you could cash out here and pay cash for something down there and kind of be done with some of the income requirements i mean jerry if you're contemplating trying to just fend for yourself uh and may have lower revenues coming in lower incomes for uh, a a period of time maybe it'd be nice to have some shit just kind of paid off right you know then you could just work or whatever you could get your hands on and uh and that would be sufficient so I Google up the prices. They're actually double, triple what we pay here. It's insane. And, and, and I, I'm guessing, without further looking, that there's an energy industry uh, driver of prices. Because I noticed what I appear, what I assume to be natural gas frack or something of that nature, some piping and stuff, down in that part of the state of lower New York and upper PA. And I know from reading over the years that PA had pretty significant energy sector that spun up. I don't know people criticize that, but where we're at as a species right now, you you gotta keep the lights on, man. You gotta keep the heat on. You can't just turn that fucking shit off, asshole. I don't wanna live in a world that has no heat, no electricity right now. Makes everything worse. You really wanna be in the dark with a bunch of, with hundreds of millions of people. Aimlessly cruising around, getting crazy on you in the middle of the night. You think that's a fucking good idea? You're an idiot. People aren't going to don a robe and hang out and hold hands all night. they become fucking savages, fuck, man. Get with the program, dickhead. So. Look at the prices. They're significantly more expensive for for fixture uppers. I mean, several prices were 300-ish and up, which I'm sure people in cities around all these uh, fancy, trendy cities around the country that became so just uh, outrageously expensive would be like, "Oh, that's a good deal!" Shit, I'll leave, I'll leave this big, suburb sprawling urban overpriced pile of shit with a bunch of traffic and a bunch of crazy people and I'll move out there. Ah, ah, that's a good deal. Ruin that too. Become ruin it and then it'll be, become even more expensive. We'll try to lock it in. It's already kind of happening. So there you know there is nowhere to go in terms of the economics of it. That's why I bring it up. And another thing. As the night went on, and I listened, I listened mostly. I didn't talk as much because I was there for, It was nice to have the reunion of a fellow soul that I used to spend time with in Vermont. That was great. I knew, he knew astronomy, I didn't know that he would quickly get me onboarded to it so that I could appreciate the perspective of it. That was magical. It'll go down as one of the best nights of my life because it was so profound without being clobbered in the head with it by, you know, some twisted person who's excited to point out my ignorance of it or something. He wasn't like that at all. He was a great teacher and a good friend and a philosopher, which I need because I, I myself, have never allowed myself to, to be framed that way in a serious, you know, sustained way. But I, too, am a, am a philosopher. So, we, you know, could get there's commonality there. And, you know, as the night went on, the bulk of the focus was the astronomy. But because of the momentum of my mental habits and the things I spend the bulk of my time, it's inevitable that straight into jobs and the nature of the economy and some trends and why bother? That was very interesting because here I was coming into it and spending time on this podcast, pushing the envelope of exploring what the economy could be for people You know, one of the expressions I had used that night was, I want to grease it up for everybody. Make it it a little bit, make the deal a little less stressful for everybody. Creating bandwidth. And in the face of astronomy, I kept getting pulled back into the insignificance of it all. And another expression he used a lot was, he purposely will take the red pill or the blue pill. it takes too much of the red pill, it leads to this. Anger, angst, or frustration, or whatever—too much of the blue pill, the same. So here we were, delicate, de- delicately balancing in some ways, although there was zero tension. It wasn't like that. The the red pill, blue pill analogy. In the face of you know, one being the astronomical perspective, the insignificance of it all in the grand scheme, which is very real. I'm sure some asshole right now is already saying, yeah, but you can't look at it like that. Yeah, you can't look at life that way. You're sort of right. You know, I'd argue that, that that too much of that is precisely why we have some of the problems we have, because too many people are incapable of saying, you know, that's a valid thing to think about. Why don't we laugh at ourselves and our the folly of the human existence in some ways, at least laugh at ourselves about it, that, you know, no matter how fancy our shit is or how perfect we think we're going to get it, it won't matter and it will decay. <laughs> utopia is not a, is not a, So like you have to accept going for utopias or utopia. God, I don't like the singularity of that one. Too many excited people around for that. But you know, you go after the ideas of utopias, knowing full well, and accepting that you're going to fall short, and it wouldn't—it doesn't really matter anyway in the big scheme. It only matters in that you perpetuate something a little bit short-term. Like for me, pushing things and having some a certain level of material material satis- you know, satisfaction and success—you know, some wealth—then allows that to transfer to my kids. In terms of you know a little bit it makes a little bit of a cushion so that they can perhaps explore bandwidth a little more a little earlier in life instead of being so panicked and having health problems and stuff from it and then as a result of that perhaps they then could make things a little a little better a little easier in the next round you know et cetera et cetera it's not just my kids it's not an ego thing it's that's kind of how this works, right? You know, the technology and the science gets discovered and invented. And then it gets passed along to the next generation until, there, until there's a catastrophic event that it destroys it all. Which can and does and will happen. So, I, you know, so the red pill, blue pill, you've got this astronomical... Or cosmic cosmic reality that we're insignificant, and in the vastness of space, nothing nothing matters because it's always in flux and change, and you can't see where it's going. Versus the blue pill or the other pill, which is you can have economic order and things done at a human scale to you know address human needs and desires and And uh, requirements or whatever the best you can and you don't really think about the fact that in the end it doesn't matter it's all gone the sun burns out Yellowstone blows or whatever you know some ecological thing you don't really focus on that as much because it's not pragmatic it's not useful in the short human scale windows so you get these two things right they're very very different but I don't think you need to make a choice. I think what it does for me is it wakens up a reverence. And it, and it did get a little weird as we touched into religion a little bit because uh, I didn't bring it up. That was a touch, I a, a think, uh, a, t- a sticky point, a touchy subject for him. But i did catch myself i took note even as i was getting more tired of how i was very quick to to make statements about no i think it's done when you're dead you're dead other than what you leave behind with your kids right you know like if you died if i die right now and if my kids have had access to my podcasts or get access to my remember to get access to my podcasts or, or look at my facebook and go through my books on the shelf and then my journals um, and their memories they, they may you know there's there's your, your spirit or your some part of you lived on in that in that respect and in a digital age it could be even be it could be easier but it could also be erased easier that's a, one of the scary parts with these techno Techno fascist is it? You could also just be erased, and no one would know. But, but you, but even that, you probably only go a little further. Like, and and people who built universities and schools and stuff, they they attended to to make it an institution that would out long, outlast, because they were probably fearful that if if people didn't put down. Institutions, you know, make things that, that had some permanence to it, some semi-permanence to it, then you know, it would just be lost. And that, and that there's truth to that. That, that is true. The, the, the danger is that we've become, I want to say ossified, but we've become, because I'm looking at it, we're on this beautiful campus of the school that I walk around at right now because no, there's nobody here. You know, couldn't do this in school year. Be packed with people. Students. You know, that's the thing. That's what I was trying to get at. You get labeled this thing. Oh, no, you're a youngster, you're a student. You go to a school, period. Schools are these things that cost blah, 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 and we employ blah, 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 and we do things on this curriculum, blah, blah, blah. End of discussion. No. I think that's the thing. You have the idea of. Human insights, you know, of science and technology and history for perspective on the human scale, and the idea—the idea, the, the idea is—you want to pass this along to the next generation, so that they can understand the perspective, and then use the stuff that humans have done, use the body of knowledge, use the the wisdom of the ages to then have something to stand on as a foundation for the next thing. And in sweeping terms it's having bounty uh, not having endless cycles of violence and just chaos you know having some type of order and peace and security I think that would that that could would arguably what the, what's the point of it all I certainly in my 2020 mind enjoyed Planning and seeing the excitement of my kids doing a new adventure and loading into a high-tech modern transport vehicle and taking a tent with us that literally you can set up in five minutes and driving down roads that are paved and making pit stops to stretch with had food and water and fuel and energy and no one was shooting at us. No one was standing in the middle of the road with bandanas on and fucking machine guns, you know? Didn't have to worry in the middle of the night of a warring clan or tribe or a different group showing up out of the woods to kill us all in our sleep. So those who just want to throw it all away, go fuck yourself, man. Because nothing, nobody wins In your fantasy world of absolute chaos Brutality wins Brutes win People that are lucky win Like you're not necessarily Not necessarily the smartest Or the strongest Or the fittest Survive Because you can get clubbed out of nowhere Or bitten by something Or fucking attacked by something When you least expect it Because that's how the universe works So you should quit, we should not waste a lot of time on fantasies of chaos. And but we should also be very leery about fantasies of, of tightening controls and tightening plans. We should somehow, I think what I'm pitching and what I'm trying to figure out is a baseline that does more or less create bounty for all at such a level that it becomes silly to want more for most of humanity but, but not but not trying to cap it i mean like there was a book that i bought the kids for christmas it was a lot of books i you know my kid was into aviation so i bought some plane books and then right, good morning and then after the the plane books i just did another thing in the queue of amazon the day was supercar. so i figured you know that's engineering that's those are cool i'll get that too and no one's read it no one's i haven't even looked at it when i was younger i would have looked now i'm just too busy doing this stuff in my head all the time now i don't care to own any of those things but I, mean, I do appreciate the engineering and the art of it you know like somebody who like i said before mechanical sculptures And there are people that want to amass um, sufficient wealth to buy this sort of thing. And, and really play the game of, look what I got. I got a Lamborghini. I got a Bugatti. Like that's important to them. And you know, whatever, I don't give a fuck. I just think that if you get bounty to a certain level for the bulk of humanity, you, you may have, some may be incentivized to do to think outside the box to push the envelope to continue doing what we do now because they want the extra material things but i think the baseline we're pretty much there already we just don't see it that way so we're washed a wash in debt a wash in misery and stress increasingly making ourselves crazy with anxiety and i think we're making the global power structure a little bit nervous so we get weird stuff popping up like you know, like COVID-19 you know you might you have the biological reality that the virus could definitely die viruses can definitely kill you and definitely super bacteria and super viruses have been a thing that people have discussed for quite a while now i mean for 100 years we've known about microbiology to a pretty good level really for the same reasons that the technology i looked at the astronomy with we figured out how to look at things very very small So looking at the science and developing tools and technologies to look at the very, very small is one end of physics. And the other end is the tools and tech science and understanding about the very, very large. Both provide very interesting uh, perspectives. Uh, I lost my train of thought. People walk by, and I get spacing out for a second. I lose my train of thought sometimes. Um, Damn. The point I was trying to make was about the bounty. You get to a certain baseline where it's good enough for the bulk of humanity. And I call that American middle class lifestyle because American in front of it assumes single family dwelling, assumes cars, assumes road networks to drive the cars, it assumes shopping that's always stocked and works, utilities that always work, water that's always there when you turn the tap. Sewage that doesn't back up, that's treated, it gets done, it doesn't get discharged into a river. It assumes you go to the internet and you can look at astronomy or science or economics or history or Comedian, or a movie, or you can watch fucking porn. It's not filtered or censored by the government. That's what that's what when, when I say American middle class lifestyle, it's buck wild, maximum fun, maximum freedom, maximum creativity, and in a way, chaos there, sure. But when you sleep at night, no one's there's no chaos in the streets and your air conditioning system is running to keep it at a temperature so you can get a good sound night's sleep. And is it making the species soft? Absolutely arguable for sure. Sure, you could say sure. But what are you really going to do at this point? Go back to living on the range, like literally living on the range and digging yourself a fucking sod hut? Really? So I think you just make the best with what we've got. You, you keep pragmatism in the mix. And as we sat, and as I'd catch myself, bring the momentum of my situations, the economic stuff back into this beautiful night of stargazing and astronomy and perspective, I was ashamed of myself. But he understood because he did say, "You got to do what you got to do to live and work for your family." So he knew that there, he got it. He, he understands the point that I, that drives a lot of what I do, which is, you really don't have a choice. We, we, there is no alternative to being connected to. The economy good morning. good morning there's there's no alternative so if you have to engage the economy and the economy is what it is today i got a problem with that i got a problem on a personal level because i seem to fall short of what i need I, i'm going through a search right now i, I i've started A very very difficult process of finding a new job right now. It's only difficult because I had enough, I had accumulated enough momentum and accumulated through luck, hard work, a little bit of dividend on the learning I've done over the years, I can talk through things better and think things through better. I had some experiences that I didn't have, again, through luck, family help. Family guidance at the right times. Like, you know, my sister, for example, 15, 16 years ago, saying, get out of Baltimore. That was a big thing. I wasn't planning to do that. I was trying to figure out how to make it work and force myself to stay. I was in the process of, of figuring out how I was staying in Baltimore at the time. But that move and being just thrown into a t- totally different survival matrix you know, where I was in a country, a Denver country for a little while where I couldn't work and I had to find a job or else I would have s- uh, severe economic consequences and possibly be, you know, f- fucking facing, you know, being considered to be a criminal in Maryland because of no insurance, you know. I, uh, I just, I, don't. I, you know, I've always fallen short economically of where I'm trying to be, and where I'm trying to be is basically flush, be whole, have savings for retirement. And I don't, I, I, don't have rage against the situation because I understand that if I would have been a little easier for me earlier, I may have been too stupid to, to do it properly. I may have done stuff, stupid stuff, and, and over leveraged, and even, and just have the same problem just at a larger scale. That happens. That happens to a lot of people. They 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 come up through the ranks like a lot of us, or most of us, most of humanity, 99% of humanity, really. If you want to get into it, 99, 98% of humanity has, doesn't have jack dick. In fact, most of them don't even have a don't even not even close to what we enjoy here as a is a poor person in the United States. You know, even when you're fucking dirt poor, you can go get some food. You can go get some water. You, you know, you you could probably find. Weed or something like that. I mean, come on. It's a, we, We're so goddamn rich, we can't even see it. We're so blessed. We can't even see it. But, like, you come up, like, 98%. And let's say you have a windfall. Let's say you get a break. Let's say you get a mentor. Let's say you, your work, you just had the lights on a little earlier in your head, so you took advantage of opportunities a little earlier in life. When most of our brains aren't even fully formed, you were... Had your head on? You were a little, you are a little faster developer, a little faster on uptake. Let's so say you, you rocked, man. You got, you know, your entry twenty-five thousand dollar your job turned into fifty, turned into hundred before you know it, and you get a house and toys and cars and blah blah blah, and you get sa- you get some savings. You know, you might, you might be prone to keep going. Like, keep selling that house, get another one, keep going to another one. I gotta believe that there's a huge chunk of what appears to be wealthy and well-off that are at this precipice of absolute disaster, like a complete insolvent insolvency, because they had it easier than I did earlier on. They had better luck, they took advantage of opportunity better, they worked harder, whatever. And they were able to get themselves in a position that, you know, is more debt, <laughs> more precarious, can't, more challenging to sustain. And I don't admit that, I don't admit that at all. But long story short, you cannot escape the economy in 2020. You can't escape it. Even if you wanted to hide in the middle of the jungle somewhere, off the grid, you would have to deal with encroachment of the economy, a mining operation. Uh, warring, even if you got in the heart of Amazonia, where there might be a few remnants of old human order, you're still gonna have tribes fighting with one another, or drug cartels in there in those jungles growing coca, something. You're gonna hit the, you can't escape the economy on earth, the earth economy. And you don't have to call it global, but it is. It's like that's that's some of the nourishment and appreciation I did have when I read that Marx-Engels Communist Manifesto thing last week, or listened to it, rather, uh, was that he already saw that this the, the capitalism puts tentacles in everything, changes everything whether you want it to or not, whether you see it or not, whether you plan it or not. Because it'll go in every little nook and cranny, and if you have something that it needs, and there's something that it needs everywhere, it'll find a way to make a deal to get it. If the chief today doesn't want to make a deal, so to speak, you go around him. You do it anyway. You kill the bastard, you lock him up. You entice another person who's more than happy to do it in your bidding, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. That's just how it goes, man. That's the pragmatic reality. And you can't get that out of the system. Now now you do have emerging a global a globalist solidification, a globalist crystallization. That might be able to successfully lock in what they've got for a foreseeable future and put down any serious resistance or or rebellion to that order. We're more or less there now. Like if someone tried to organize to take back a significant energy property somewhere, it would be resi- it would be there would be. Uh, a fight. It wouldn't. It, they wouldn't win. They wouldn't win. Somebody would fight over it, and either it would fight and be over with quickly, or it would fight and bring it, draw in new, new agendas, new people to the fight, and the fight would continue. That's what. That's what would happen, and it would get back to the somewhat of a quote steady state that we're, that we see now. Because I do think that the current economic... the Earth's economy does like some stability. Where they kind of know who's going to win, who's going to participate, and who's going to lose. They like it. There's a lot of order there in the chaos. I just want it to work so the numbers work for everybody. I don't want to think about it anymore. I don't want to be fighting myself getting a job because I feel like it's just another 5, 10, 20 year chunk of my life that will disappear. And I'll just be treading water. I'll be depressed about the fact that I'm behind the, the eight ball for retirement savings or whatever. You know, it'll always be something that just one you know, these fucking landmines that just blows a fucking leg off. Oh, you know, I got an eight thousand dollar bill for some unexpected medical thing. Oh, fucking car blew up. Got to get another car. Oh, you know, fashionable big government people got too much power. So now I got to ante up two hundred grand for my kid to get a fucking piece of credential, so he can have a slot somewhere on the on their team. It's always something. So I'd ask for your support again. If you can do Patreon, if you can find a way to subscribe, if you don't see a button or something, please send me an email. Send me a message. I'll, I'll, I need to tighten that part up. There's a lot of back-office cleanup every day that doesn't, it's not getting done right now because, again, this isn't paying my bills. And I, like you, waffle on am I wasting my time? And, you know, I do have about, you know, four or five things to update, which take time. And when your kids are nipping at your heels when you walk in the door, it's not the, uh, it's not ideal for getting that stuff done. So just email me. Call me if you've got my number. Find me on Facebook. WGOtoday.com. I think you can leave comments on anything. I put the podcast episodes up there. Leave a comment. Direct message me through there. And, and shit, if you know how to do some of that stuff, help me. Or, you know, just get an arrangement where you can handle the back office stuff to free me up to just do this part. But support it. Please support it. And buy a copy of Humanomics, because that's where the layout of all this will be. I'm going to keep it brief, the first edition of that. I'm going to really just keep it at the point. And the point is, let's fix the numbers. Let's, let's make it worthwhile to have jumped out of the trees and done all this stuff. Let's, let's, let's lock in the gain from that right now and then we'll start marinating or figuring out what's next as a, as a as a as a species as a family as a as a global family and let's not forget to look at the stars and consider the perspectives offered there i'm going to get to you mr microbiology next i want to nail this one down first the astronomy open my eyes and and set my soul at ease. Because it, it is, it's good it's science. It's 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 a perspective. It's massive. It's inconceivably massive. I believe Manny told me the next galaxy, this galaxy ours, the Milky Way, is billions, possibly trillions of stars several of which, if not most of which, have orbiting planetary bodies or moons in some way. So just in one galaxy. And there are all kinds of mysterious forces, and there's a black hole at the center, for example, and stuff like that. And I'm just going to keep learning more and more, and I'll share more and more. But that's one galaxy we then saw andromeda another galaxy and there's the thought is there's trillions of those we used to say there's a lot and then we said millions and then we said billions and now we're saying trillions of galaxies and the next closest one andromeda i think believe he told me is 2.5 million light years away or something like that so, even if you could travel at the speed of light, it would take like, you know, thousands or millions of years to get there. It's inconceivable. Of course, up. I may go down the rabbit hole a little bit of thinking about some of that too. The fact that you can see it from Earth is very interesting. With the naked eye. Like I said, he did bring up religion a little bit. Something I, I usually completely dismiss. I just think it's the old, I, I think I made it even a comment. I, I tend to view religion as the old order, the old economic order they had a hand in the pot of the, ec- the economics. I think economics is probably not the f- most fair way to describe them, although certain areas of religions, I think, do have a very strong economic component. I- I- I've i had spotty little data points in my life of, of leading me to believe that... Uh, you- well, look at that film, uh, what was it, Pie a couple years ago. Like you have rabbinical rabbis interested in the big picture of amassing the technology and knowledge and the economic power that comes with that. I think there's, you could argue that the Catholic Church more so than other Christian sects, same thing. I bet someone would tell me that the Episcopal American Church was the same just because I think a lot of you know, Rockefeller types were, were Episcopal. But I, I, I think I want to I want to believe that the church it really was mostly about not letting humans become savage, rising above being savage brutes, and having a certain level of morality so that we didn't you know have Malthusian dynamics at work. And for those that don't know, overpopulation, what Thomas Malthus, you know, it used to be economics was was very much dominated by those fears. That there was never going to be enough to keep it. You could never get out in front of human breeding. And religion had a lot to say about that, right? Well, religion had some things over the years to say about that. Now it's weird that the, that because we industrialized abortion, which is very disgusting. I used to be quite flippant about abortion as a youngster, but we, we industrialized abortion and legalized it because we all want to, you know, go out and have our sexual freedoms and and, and chase our pleasures and desires. And that's, the, see, that's the, where the religious groups had problems with that. They're like you should be quelling that sort of thing. You shouldn't give in to those desires. And um, what's the fun of that? That's the problem. That's where I have to be a comedian about it. Because you know you have to at some point be like well what's the fun of that? But you can't go out and have fun at other people's expense. And you can't go out and have fun and endlessly procreate to the point where the planet, all everybody suffers because you can't keep your dick in your pants. I mean, there's got to be some kind of sanity here. That's why I like the pragmatism. It's like, okay, fine. We're in a pragmatic state now. Let's not kid ourselves. You are killing fetuses. It's gross. Second, okay, just got out of the car wash and I had to fix uh, the uh, cover because I realized it wasn't fastened down from this weekend and it would just blow and rip and go crazy. So, anyway, let me get back to that because I, I was thinking in the car wash, I gotta, I gotta, that you gotta be careful with that topic only because it's you just get, again, people just fucking take shit and run with it and go crazy and call you a racist and an anti-Semite and a blah blah blah. All right. Some motherfucker will take a soundbite out and be like, "Yeah, see, he's a he's a, he's a Nazi." No, it, it gets more into that whole idea of who's who's playing the long game behind the scenes. You you might have been raised and been Bob mitzvah, but you might not have ever you might, you might and you might have, you might have had such good luck and good fortune that you economically are never stressed to the point to kind of contemplate what else might be at work. See, if you get cushy enough, you might not ever really question things too much because life's good, you know. Why waste time on philosophy when you're just going to go 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 jet skiing? <laughs> you know, whatever. But I think that they're, you know, like the that the, the film Pi, for example, I, it gets into the whole idea that there are actors. And if memory serves me right, you had the old rabbinical actor set of actors vying for this piece of technology. You had... The American, if you will, aggressive, like all the the alpha kid jocks uh, vying for it, the CIA types vying for it. And I don't remember the other groups that were vying for it. And he was protective of it all. He was trying to crack the code, of the wealth code, (laughs) the stock market or something. Fascinating. It's a weird picture. So I think that like the bottom line is that is that yes, astronomy provides a perspective that nothing matters. But the reality of human economic life and your consciousness today is you very much live in an economic order that has actors, some of which play the long game. And I think it's safe to say that there's a certain level of comfort and calmness that I'm realizing that comes from feeding from the right trough, like if you're feeding on shit all the time. You're literally eating a diet of shit information and shit food and shit rest and you're around people that just don't know. They're not evil. They just don't know. Well, then you don't know. Meanwhile, like this growing rank of people, it does grow slowly, but it becomes more and more significant. It goes from 1% to maybe 2%. Hell, you maybe even get to 10%. But 10% of the species is feet playing the right game. They're aware of, at the human scale, there's a right game and then there's a waste of time game. There's a game that will lead to wealth and a game that will lead to poverty, despair, and all that comes with that. And I believe that the right game is science-based, te- science and technology-based. You are plugged into the right doctors. You're plugged into the right legal advisors. You're advised how to start companies early. You buy, you bypass the bureaucracy. And my and to the extent that I'm conspiratorial, I would say that that same group creates the bureaucracy to mire the rest of everybody in, in some type of bullshit, be it the school bullshit or the jobs bullshit. You know, you know, like you, you just get mired in this matrix of shit. But those in the know, they don't feel deal with, it, deal with any of that. And like, like yesterday, I stumbled on a campus here in New, upstate New York on the way back from the astronomy, uh, Alfred State. And Alfred, I played music with the guy who went there, and he—he's not a scholar, per se. He's a, you know kind of a fun-loving, have a good time. He's actually more conspiratorially minded than I am in some ways, really. I certainly wouldn't say he was um, a PhD astrophysicist. And he went there. That's And that's how I noted, I was like, oh, I wonder what that looks like, the campus. And because I take my kid to do aviation stuff in another co- uh, place called Geneseo here in New York, there's a beautiful campus that most have never heard of that sits in this beautiful valley or at the, t- the top of a hill. Well Alfred's the same way. It sits in this wooded valley up on the hillsides. It's beautiful. it was beautiful. And I met a guy who I cracked a joke about I was like, how many kids have fallen off this damn hill you know because there's a uh, parking in front of what I thought was dorms, which he confirmed and there's no guardrail and I'm like, oh man, I can only imagine what, a, what an idiot 18 year old's done on this hill over the years. And I I rolled the window down and I told my son, I was like, watch this, I'm going to crack a joke and let's see if this dude is going to get the joke, because he was walking. And there was nobody there. It was a Sunday. Sunday, like, you know, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, as luck would have it, the dude definitely understood my joke. And he goes, oh, well, there's been a fair share of things over the years. And it didn't take five minutes, and he's making a comment of not sustainable. So I knew economically, he and I saw the world the same way. And it turns out he's a business owner. What he said, and he made this claim that fifty-one percent of the country now works for the government. Therefore, has a vested interest in keeping this unsustainable. Like he said, it's like forty grand a year to go there, sticker price. Unsustainable thing going, and this gauntlet going. It's just just it's, un, it's just is impossible. And he shine light on Ithaca and others. And um, what I'm saying in the in the in the thing of the one percenters is I think that that for that group they bypass all the bullshit like they come up their parents are aware of science it's calm there's no stress there's no anger days like i have anger days i have incredibly frustrating anger days sometimes that i'm going to try not to do anymore because my my son jacob does not like it and it's not fair to him for me to be so fucking angry about things and so having such internal strife that it bleeds over and affects him that's not right but the economic game is that severe it's, it's affected my health on, a, on an individual level and it can potentially affect the health of my of my kids if I'm not careful. That's so, why well, this is fucking serious stuff, man. It matters. It's serious stuff. So, you know, again, without trying to see the world from a, the same, you know, from a perspective, I bump against another soul, random soul, and engaged in this conversation. And he illuminates something else that I just know is the case. And I suspect it is that the one, two percenters have basically unlimited resources. They're tapped into the right trough of information, focused on the right things. They have an awareness of the science at a level that allows them to be competent, competently accepted on the team. They're able to further enrich the 1% because they are working to to in fields that add to the technological power and the scientific power of that group. Because they, it's all funded by that group. Even Contact, the movie last night, said that. You know, it's funded. There's telescopes, but you have to buy the time of the, for the telescopes from the government. In this, case, in this case, in New Mexico at the time, you know, lease the time. So you, if you have money and a vision or something you're chasing, you buy the time and you pay for the time with, with the dividend from the good science you did. It's the business of it. So if you've got people that never had the PTSD of economic stress, and it is that PTSD, it, shut, it fucking changes your health. It changes your, it probably changes your fucking DNA. I don't know. Some one of those assholes will point out how ignorant and see don't listen to this Jerry guy. He's ignorant. He doesn't know anything about genetics. I know enough to make a, to get get us get us get get us that aren't on your team moving in the right direction. To get us to lift our snouts from the dog shit fucking trough and start seeking out the good stuff. And maybe that's enough, motherfucker. Maybe that'll. Maybe the fact that that's enough, and that knowing that that's all it takes, is to get people to be like, hmm, "This is shit. I'm being. I'm being fed this. I'm being told that everything's racist." Like I, I see some folks I used to uh, teach in Baltimore that are going down the rabbit hole of, "I'm only going to support black businesses." because they've been fed this shit about everything's racist. And so the the everything economic is racist. Therefore, anything that's not black owned, I'm not going to spend money at. Well, have fun with that. Okay, cuz that doesn't that's not going to work. I mean, it might work for some. You know, it might enrich some, but in general, it's it it's more global than you think. But I but 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 make no mistake about it. There's no shortage of of uh, behind the scenes actors that might use that as a lever to pry out their opposition. Like you might say, you got a a, a black owned contractor for something, and the one percenter crowd would, would give that person the contract and not give the other person the contract because the other person has something to say about the one or is a resistance point of some type, a resistance source of some type. That that no that sort of thing I think is very a very real problem a very real concern, especially as we consolidate further and further, and all of the power and wealth kind of kind of is kind of becoming. Uh, I'm I'm losing the word from when things gel and when things are solidified. They're not as loosey goosey. There's not as much chaos in the system. I think that's real. I think that's a real thing. There is a concentration. But anyway, these people, they come up a certain way and they go to lake houses and they go to the beach house and they you know they 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 they're fit they're they're fitter they eat better they're never you know and, and then and then it moves into um, schools and they might go to school but they're not really it's never really a problem because they're just kind of coast you are kind of just they know the game, and then nobody's challenging them, and they're dressed a certain way, they act a certain way that the teachers really don't push back because they subconsciously are aware that, they're, that, they, that they, they can't engage this anyway. They're going to they're give this person marks. And maybe the calmness and stuff that, that, and, the, and the fact that the game of school is even being coached and taught at home so it's, it's kind of effortless or whatever long story short they get that checkbox done for, with no not even a second thought And now they're at an Ithaca or a Cornell or maybe even an Alfred State and they're just really uh, you know they come out of the comforts of the dorm and they casually can flirt they can enjoy the mountain the quiet of the mountain air and then you know when when they're done with that, you know now they're, now they're getting on the mid twenties and they're done with that. Yeah, they you know somehow they just get a good job. Just happens, kind of just happens. I, I suspect that that's a lot of what's going on today. It's like. And I, and I looked, I was like just thinking because I'm going through this very painful job search thing right now. Because if you said, Jerry, what do you want to really want to do? I want to get paid to be an economist. I want to get paid to do this and get paid to be an economist, you know, and I have to have a salary now and I have to have benefits now, not build up slowly. And I Googled, okay, well, we're at economist, economist jobs. There, there aren't any around here, of course. And there's one remote position, but it, it, I read the fine print. I just seemed like, uh huh, what? And it was like something about, the cost of the healthcare and against claims and then, and it's just like, no, I, first of all, I would, they wouldn't hire me anyway. I don't have all the little fancy qualification checkbox things that don't even, I can't even read. Cause it's just like gobbledygook garbage to me. And then, you know, even if I got in there, I wouldn't want to do it. You know, I don't give a flying shit about the cost of this or that, you know, cause I'm just looking at like, what do humans know? What do we really know how to do and not know how to do? And like, you know, how do we disseminate that and filter through that some so that we can all basically just stay healthy as long as possible with a minimal amount of bullshit. <laughs> well, I don't care about picking apart the costs of stuff right now. I just tend to look at all that's a big fucking business and stuff and I'm not interested. So then, you know, there was a energy economist job in Washington with the Department of Energy and a Department of, uh, at the Labor Department uh, an economist job. But then I kind of read through some of that too and, they're not gonna hire. They wouldn't hire me. I don't have what they're looking for, and you know, I, I, you know, maybe I'll put my name in the hat just so I don't sound like a fucking whiny pussy. But I guarantee you, there'll be nothing to come of it. And besides, I'd be signing up for moving to Washington, and even though the posted salaries are one hundred thirty-five thousand or something like that, one hundred fifty thousand, I think I would be worse off going to that area with the higher cost than I am now, just staying here. You know, with commuting and. Being away from my kids, it's like I'd rather just stay here. I have a chance of actually being paid off here in the near future. Being paid off sorta, I mean you're as outrageous taxation rates, so even if you pay all your bills and you have no debt, you're still writing a check for six, $800 a month in perpetuity here, just just to pay for the property taxes and uh, the school tax. Humanomics is gonna lay out a plan for that by the way I think we can I think we need to take that off the back of the taxpayer I think we need to put that in a, in, a, in a program at a federal level and just be done with it and and you know let it be a high watermark now and that's our baseline and we're not going to get any bigger it's not going to swell from here we're gonna get better faster cheaper from here I mean you're talking order of magnitude for the education piece the big tax bill Of less than a trillion dollars a year because we spent I think 750 billion a year on education combined even at the post you know the second you know secondary and post-secondary level so you know you're not you're not talking about you know that's a it's huge money but it's not beyond the realm of possibility at all I mean you can even divert you could even divert and force defense, defense industries to work better, faster, cheaper, and divert a small sliver of that. Like if they get 16% of a massive budget, they get 15% or 14%, and there is your trillion dollars right there for your current level of education spending, and the American taxpayer doesn't do that anymore. Or get out of that business of that local funding bullshit that we, we hold on to, but it's actually bullshit. It's all bullshit. You don't need that. Local government at this point should be not much more than a website. A series of forms. And anything that that people are asked to pay a fee for, it should be directly related to safety or there should be a a very compelling reason to bother somebody with it at all. Beyond that, it's it's bullshit and it's just a racket and you're stealing people's money and we're sick of it. And we're sick of it and we can't afford it. And we can do better. It interferes with the bandwidth of the species and we, we have to create the bandwidth if nothing else, so that you can fucking sit around and relax all day, if that's what your MO is, or stargaze, or think about how we're going to get to Andromeda. So, to sum up, I think that Manny the philosopher and Manny the astronomer really, really By way of luck, by way of philosophy, by way of religious, like, how did that happen, spiritual type of experience, he laid out a couple of interesting little tidbits the other night. And that being, we'll sum it up like this. The red pill is the astronomical level. Nothing really matters. You are a tiny speck of sand in a vast vast universe way beyond comprehension in terms of its dimension and scope. Therefore pretty much any endeavor or anything you do is petty in some way or can be argued that way or looked at it that way. And and try to preserve some sense of the physics the astronomical reality in your daily life to help you manage the world and cope. And then the blue pill which is at a human scale, not an astronomical scale, but at a human scale, you have a very real economic reality that has very real vested interest and in, 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 in claim staked, land that's bought and sold, that's fenced off. And if you don't design an economy, if you don't try, if you don't try to make it better, it won't get better by itself and books and stuff do matter at a human scale things do have a certain permanence at a human scale so it's not wasted effort to try and fix some stuff it's not a waste it actually is worth doing and the other side of the coin is if you don't do it you know and it being participate in the economic design, participate in what the economic reality is, then there are other groups out there already, people that are incredibly well-funded, have all the science and technology and money, have all the pleasure, have very little of the pain, that are more than, they're going to do it anyway. They're going to keep things going to serve the vested interests anyway. So if you want it better for the non-vested interests, and I'm sure some of those folks would say, no, this is the evolutionary process at work. Those folks will die off, will continue. I just, I'm not, I don't feel like on a personal level that my, the momentum of my tribe, Ran fast enough to keep up with with where it is now, and that little, that little fucking hair difference, actually makes a big difference in my day-to-day world, in the day-to-day world of people that I network and hang out with, and know and have met. It makes a big fucking difference. So if it's just a fucking hair difference in speed and uptick and no knowledge and awareness that makes all the difference in the world economically, then I want to make that whole and I want to make it whole because I think if you quantify bounty aka the American middle-class lifestyle for all with its baked in freedoms gotta keep saying that because I don't want people focusing on just the material part of it it's also a very much a freedom and a security and a peace component to it that is necessary necessary and we want it it's desirous desirous I don't know the word we want it then you know if we don't if, if if some of us if we don't forge that out and figure out what those numbers are and plan accordingly well then we'll get what we get and we'll continue to suffer more than more than necessary life is suffering. I've heard people say it in different words, in different things. Life is suffering. But much like the red pill astronomical view, that's shaving too much off of the other things that also matter. You can't just say life is suffering, and therefore you're going to be a miserable, motherfucking angry field. And I can, I'm i visualizing one an artist in particular that I saw last year, who I think epitomized this. And he definitely... Definitely use the microphone to, to 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 spout that that life is suffering. Like, don't try to avoid the suffering. Like, he almost wants to suffer. He too, by the way, brought up the Jewish stuff. He, I'm just a Jew. I'm angry. I'm I'm suffering. His life is suffering. You know, I like it. I like the. Because I'm driving. But I'm you know, to the call go. I'm not gonna answer a call because I don't know what the fuck it is, and it's probably somebody wanting money or some bullshit. Anyway, you know, if it's a job, they'll they'll leave a message, right? No, maybe not. I don't fucking care. I, I can't worry about it. But my point was, is this guy says life is suffering. Yeah, it is. It is suffering, and much like the astronomical perspective, it's probably a good idea to understand that that's part of it. But that's not it. At a human scale, you can minimize suffering. And I would say that suffering, most of the suffering at the human scale is economic. It's where the anger comes from. It's where the rage comes from. It's where the drug addiction comes from, mostly. If your reality sucks so much that you just gotta get in a bottle or you gotta get in a pill or you gotta get a drug because it's just driving you fucking crazy, that's economic to me. That's what I mean by that. There's also the pleasure seeking and the thing we touched on earlier with the, that that are, that possibly religious scholars would ask, you know, tell you to be aware of. I mean, like even in the eastern religions, you know, the endless craving and endless desire creates the suffering. I think there's some truth to that. For sure. That's a useful thing to think about. And also, while I'm on the note of Eastern, being in the moment. Focus. It too is a pillar. And you can even strain into Jordan Peterson land with that, with uh, taking responsibility. You know, he calls it cleaning your room. Little stuff matters. Like, that gets into focus for me. It's like, if you say I want to do better and that this stuff around me matters and if you can remember that you don't really have a choice anyway so just do it so you're not fighting yourself and then you retain that at the astronomical level it doesn't matter and you remember at a high level that suffering it is suffering always so you're not expecting it to always be walking around singing zippity fucking doodah and smiling all the fucking time that's a stupid expectation that's fucking stupid I don't think it works that way But long story short, guys, I'm cutting the chase here, man. I hate to be simplistic because I want to get on to the next thing, too. I'm angry and I'm fucking frustrated and I'm trying to fight a battle for us all so we can stop fucking worrying about money all the time. It's distracting as fuck and it's not good for you. It's not good for me. It ruins the ability to do so much other cool stuff. Like, look at the fucking stars every once in a while. I know you can do it. Don't make excuses. I get it. You can go fucking camping and look at the stars. You can go in your backyard and look at stars. I get it. But you can't really marinate. You can't really stay in that zen-like state, that fucking happy place when you're getting drugged back into all this other stuff. You should see my to-do list today, by the way. Today is, I'm going to share it. Share. it. Wake up and do this. The WGO podcast. Immediately do this. More so than anything else I do, do the podcast and get a walk. And I'm asking you again. I do have the new microphone on, by the way. I hope you like it. I hope you dig it. You're still going to get wind noise. I did a mic check before I started walking. You're still going to get wind noise when I'm walking. Just put up with it, man. I think it's like the unique thing that this, that this weirdo does. Okay? Put up with it. Please support the program. Let's get up. WGO. Then I intend to dictate uh, more of humanomics. Then I'm going to switch to what I'm calling brain force. Uh, Brainforce is a company, a fantasy company in my head, that I would like to create to help my kids walk, and that's going to get uh, catalyzed this morning because I've got they've got physical therapy at the school, which I kind of want to get away from. What I'm just doing right now, school offered, my wife got me signed up. It is a pain in the ass to go over there and saddle everybody up. I don't think it's really doing much, but let's play the game. Let's kind of keep going, and then invent the better thing and get away from that bullshit. I just want them walking. They need to be able to walk. They can't crawl around the floor in this crazy ass world forever. You just can't. It's dirty, and, and people will step on them. They get under people's feet. I was worried about that the other night at the telescopes because I realized we're all getting tired. It's getting dark. We're talking about this and that, and here he is. they do they do they doing the, they were doing to manny what they do to me. They get right under his feet, and he's not used to it. He might step on him on accident. Like it happened, somebody gets hurt. So brain force. Then relevant, because by like by then we're just going to be eleven. Be noonish, twelve thirty. Daddy's going to start fading because I woke up early to do this, and um, that's when relevance is going to kick in. It. It's like, how can we make today a learning and a home? You know, I don't want to even call it homeschool, but a relevant education, learning day, relevant day, just a relevant day. Period. Like, make it count. Use today. And, and, and it's kind of what I just call it relevant. We're not calling it homeschool anymore. We're calling it relevant. Make it matter. Focus today. Let's learn today. Okay. Uh, You know, I've told them let's make vlogs or something like that. Something fun that they like to do, that's fun for them, but they're learning. Okay, whatever it needs to be. Then reset. Reset is, its goal is to uh, do whatever work is necessary. If it's companies, if it's patents, if it's cheerleading, whatever, to force the, to make the numbers work, you know, creation of the $10 an hour lifestyle is another way I've put it, whatever the goods and services need to be, the utilities need to be, whatever technology needs to be attacked, whatever new raw material, whatever energy, whatever water treatment, whatever food production, whatever transport options, whatever legislative changes, whatever needs to happen, you're fucking hitting the shit, hitting it fucking hard and putting that shit on paper every fucking day to make that a reality. I call that Reset Industries. And if that results in 10, 20 companies that are in the house-building business of creating a a $50,000 or $25,000 housing unit, if it means forming a capital group to buy Ryan Homes, for example, because they already have a factory kind of technique going, and I do believe, I don't know their finals, but based on what they sell around here and the land factor and stuff, I think they are already uh, building homes a hundred thousand dollars or less with all the labor and stuff and getting it put in and the other hundred thousand of the price point because they sell around two two and a quarter two fifty, sub 300 often the other money is the land and the permits and the site work and the you know bringing the water and sewer and cable and internet in the in the in there and the, the electricity um, I think they're already building $100,000. $100,000 is a great price point, people. So if we're already doing it, why can't we shave another 50% off that? Now you're talking about a $50,000 housing unit that's a single-family American home with 2,000 fucking square feet, HVAC, heating, proper insulation, sturdy. And that's a great starting point. See, that's what Reset does, whatever it needs to do in those areas. Maybe it buys an ailing car company. Maybe it spins up personal transports whatever whatever it needs to be that's reset and then I have your listed on my card next new job because unfortunately I don't think any of the above mentioned that I care about and it need to be done will create a paycheck fast enough to sustain my family so I'm probably will still have to work a fucking job which is the thing driving me the craziest right now it's like I'm so afraid that the minute I take a job, all of this other stuff goes to the back burner and goes away again because of the, the natural, you know, the, 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 I just don't have that much human fucking power and strength. I, I get tired. When I wake up, shower, rush off, guzzle coffee, sit in an office all day, well, when I, by the time I get home, I'm done. I, I'm done. I can barely get motivated to feed and keep the house clean and, and, and say hi to the kids. And, and maybe play guitar for an hour. And I'm done. That's all there's time for. I know that's reality. So it's on the card, because when it's all said and done, I'm gonna try my damnedest to, to, to do for you, you being humanity, but I have to do for my family too. That's what, that's doing the right thing and you can get into the morality of it and pick it apart and the you know, you can micro philosophize the shit out of that if you want. But the way I was raised by my father, God bless him, he's awesome. He, uh, You step up and take care of your family stuff first. You, all that other stuff goes by the wayside, if necessary. And I, and I got that in me. No, don't worry about that. I will f- literally flip hamburgers if I have to do it. If if the choice is my kids will do without, you won't be fed or won't have a place to live. Okay? So it's on the list. Hoping I don't have to do it. Uh, there, there, there's no choice in some days, and money is definitely running out. Next thing on the list for today already seen one of my fatal flaws of always. That I put way too much that can never be done, and then I hate myself for not doing it all. Hate yourself for not doing an unrealistic, unsustainable list. That's a real good trap there, Jerry. Motherfucker. Part of that, though, is the fact that I'm getting old, and I feel like I'm playing catch up, and I gotta do more to play catch up. A clean house and upgrades. I wanted to completely declutter the house. I mean, I don't like clutter in the house. We have too much stuff in the house, like too many clothes, too many toys, just too, too many little knacky things. All needs to go bye bye. I wanted to like gut the house, clean the fuck out of it, and then carefully put anything back. And if it's not something that involves a place to rest, a place to learn, a place to um, socialize with the family or maybe a friend. Then, then it then it doesn't stay. Maybe it never comes back. That kind of thing. Eh? Um, and then tonight, or as we some at some point later in the evening, I want to continue to record the music. And the current project name is HP. I'm not going to. You'll have to find out for yourself what that is. It's a lot of things. I hope some fuckface doesn't try to sue me for HP. I'll ch- HP Band. There it is. So it's not HP. It's not Hewlett Packard, obviously. Might be Human Potential. Might be hairy Predicament. Might be Houdini Plumbing. Might be a lot of things, it is a lot of things, it's gonna be a lot of things, it's fun. That's a different side, and I think it's, a, I, I'm, I enjoy it, and I get pleasure out of it. It's pleasure-seeking activity, and I think I need to do it to offset the more serious side. It, 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 it feels healthy to have a little balance. It's, a, it's my, on a, on a personal level, it's my blue pill, if you will. Red pill's the business, the blue pill's the, the art, the artist. And then the almighty rest. Well, that's today. Now see, it's, it's not realistic to finish all that. It's, uh, it's getting on 10 now. But we're going we're gonna to try. All right. Have a great day out there. Love you. Please support it. Please buy a copy of Humanomics. Let's talk about it. When, it, when, it, when when, you in the audience, when I've asked you to please uh, join me for an episode to tape, just do it. Don't be afraid of it. Just do it. We're going to have a civil conversation. We're going to lay some things out. You may find you're wrong. You may find you're right. I may find I'm wrong. I may find I'm right. We're just fucking talking, man. We don't have, Talk doesn't need to be warfare. Don't buy the bullshit propaganda and psychological ops that are going on right now, people. You're not my enemy. I'm not your enemy. I'm not racist. I'm not an anti-Semite. I'm not a fascist. You might be. (laughs) That's the funny thing. You might be. All right, have a good day, y'all. Take her easy.